Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierce Strong. Said I'm a good pal Schmitty, and uh, for this podcast, we're not going to really talk about hockey because uh, we're actually going to, for once, we're going to focus on something else that isn't hockey. We're going to talk about our Cincinnati Bengals that won against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and they're going on to the Super Bowl now. For the for oh. I think I think for the first time I saw in like over thirty years, like since the oh, yeah. It, since Montana spanked their ass in the 90s or the 80s it's like it what a game oh my gosh like yeah. we were talking about it before the show started that game is the definition of a tale of two and I mean I wanted like everyone on the Bengals gets a tip of my cap except Eli Apple I don't care oh my god <laughs> but um oh, like boy. I don't even know much about football. Like, I was just watching the game. I'm like, holy shit. And, like, I even, like, watching Eli Apple, I'm like, I know nothing about football, not that much, but I could tell this guy, this guy ain't great. But, you He's know, not- Joe Burrow, like, holy man. Dude, Shooter McPherson, the kicker. Yes, sir. Like, hasn't missed a kick as a rookie in the playoffs. Joe Burrow's the first quarterback to uh, be a number one pick two years ago and take his team to a Super Bowl. And you have to remember that he, like, What's crazy is I saw Julian McKenzie mention, mess, or, uh, mention it. Um, it. The Super Bowl is getting played in SoFi in uh, Los Angeles, and that's like five minutes away from the hospital he had his knee surgery in oh, wow. like a year ago. And he he had like a full knee replacement, torn ACL type thing a year ago as a rookie. And, I mean, we all knew Joe Burrow was a competitor in college. Guy had 60 touchdowns at LSU with probably the most electrifying offense I'm ever going to see in my life in college. Um this is just the definition of like talent rising above all. And it's start like, it's fantastic coaching by Zach Taylor and his crew, the defense. Like, I don't know what they told that defense in the second half, but they locked up. Oh, I saw so many tweets on the timeline. It's like, they, this, this uh, Bengals defense can't do it against Kansas city. And they like completely. And they couldn't the first half and they couldn't like they, the chiefs were doing like, I texted my brother after the third touchdown. I was like, this is surgical. This is actually surgical what the Chiefs are doing on offense. They got everything they wanted. They got every look they wanted. And then the Bengals got that little screen pass that was like 30-yard touchdown at the end of the half. 
They get that giant stop by Eli Apple as much yeah. as Paige was <laughs> Yeah, that's like the one good thing he did. Honestly, like, great stop at the end of the half. Complete momentum shifter. And then, like we said, it was a tale of two halves. Joe Burrow was hitting his targets when he needed to. Jamar Chase made some huge catches. The run game opened up at the end of the game, which is such a game changer, especially in overtime. Joe Mixon was just – he found his holes and he took off. That was just – that was the game changer. And like you said, Pierce, that – the defense made the difference. Those two interceptions on Mahomes, especially the one by the defensive lineman um, early, or I think late in the third to get the game to 21-21. It, I mean, they were down eight. They were down 21-3 to three against probably the next juggernaut of the NFL because Brady's gone, hypothetically, as of yeah. right now. He says he's not retired, but who knows? That whole thing. Like that's This why is it- Mahomes' league, and they just beat the best. That's why the postseason has been so much fun, like, for me watching it. Like, that was the first football game I probably, like, watched all the way through, like, and not taking my eyes off the screen. Because I've watched football games before, and, like, yeah. I'll kind of just have it on the background. And, like, ooh, Super Bowl, big plays, all that. But, like, I wa- I still don't know much about football, but just, like, watching that and try- kind of trying to learn and just seeing all these stars perform, like Joe Burton, even, like, Patrick Mahomes, like, it was still – Oh, Mahomes still had a great game. Yeah. He just had two mistakes. Mm-hmm. But, like, but it cost him, but – yeah, just watching, like, just seeing all the drama, like uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, losing with Green Bay and then Tampa Bay losing with Tom Braden and, like, the whole Tom Brady saga is he even going to retire or not. And then the the Buffalo-Kansas uh, City game where it was the same thing, head to overtime. And that is so fucking stupid that the probably the biggest league in, like, in, in the United States – it has to be number one in the United yeah. States football, right? Because a fucking coin toss – are you serious? All right. So here's my, so I have like, there's like two sides of my brain to this, right? Because I, I'm going to be honest. Like I texted you what, like if for everyone that's listening right now, I texted the group chat and I was like, I would bet big money. If Mahomes wins this coin toss, Joe Burrow's never going to see the football. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes threw a pick and Joe Burrow got the ball and they won the game. That's what they want out of the three on three overtimes or not three on three overtime. That's what they want out of the playoff <laughs> overtime system. Yeah. I know. Right. God damn it. Like that's what they want out of the playoff overtime system because it changed originally from like, you could just kick a field goal and win originally. Now it's, you have to get a touchdown first or, and then afterwards it's any score wins. But like last week I got kind of pissed at the bit of the bills. Cause I was just like, Stop them. Do anything to stop them. Don't let them go straight down the field on you. And guess what? The Bengals did the exact opposite to that. Mahomes was jumpy the whole fourth quarter. He couldn't set his feet on his throws. And that's what made the difference at the end of the day. And it was a great, oh man, was it Von Bell with the interception? Because Eli Apple dropped a pick to play before that. And I was like, if Eli Apple drops that interception and they win this game, like the Chiefs win this game, this dude is never going to hear the end of it. Little Like literally next play, ball don't lie. Just crosser, great freaking read by Von Bell. The play was open for Mahomes when he saw it, but it was just a great track on the ball. And I mean, it's the Bengals are just such a feel good story because it's a lot of guys on that team besides Burrow, obviously, who was like a number one pick and all this. But like even him, he wasn't wanted at Ohio State. He was a transfer. All these guys were second fiddle type players and like not wanted. I would say Jamar Chase is probably the only exception. I like misfits, eh? Yeah, it's it's a, it's an island of misfit toys, and it's working. Like Trey Hendrickson led the league in sacks last year, still didn't get re-signed by his team. 
gets signed by the Bengals, makes three huge plays in this game. Sam Hubbard's another one that's great. Uh, DJ Reader, uh, Chidobe Awuzie, Von Bell's another one that's like he failed with the Saints and went to the Bengals, and he's great. Jesse Bates was one of their draft picks. I mean, it's just such a feel-good story. And I they talk about it on the media a lot. I don't want to go on a tangent, but this is going to put a lot of pressure on young quarterbacks coming forward. Because I'm sorry, Joe Burrow has no offensive line help, and this dude just took his team to the Super Bowl year two coming off a knee injury. The expectations are sky high for every quarterback, and I say that coming from a team with a young quarterback. And I don't, I'm not going to put those expectations on like a guy like Justin Fields or a guy like Trevor Lawrence in year two, because what Joe Burrow has done is just incredible. Like No one's ever done it before. That should tell you how incredible it is. But I, I would like for people to temper their expectations a little. You know what I mean? This is this isn't just a quarterback getting their team to a Super Bowl. This is a well-coached team that has basically excelled at every level in the last three games, and that's why they're where they are. Now, this is what I was hoping because you know so much about football, and I practically know nothing, and so it's just nice. No, to wait, the Niners yeah. just got a scoop and score. Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're, I got the I got the other game on in the background, yeah, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's it's so fun, like trying, like hearing all these names and stuff, and like I still have so much to learn. But like it, it, it was such a like a good postseason to to start watching because again, just all the drama and stuff, and I can't wait to like actually start watching it more going forward because I never really grew up like the main thing uh, growing up in Canada. Like the main thing for me was hockey, and I know pretty much everything about hockey. Not to be like, haha, I know everything, but like I've I've played it like I know like yeah. Sorry. But like I just I just never gotten to like football, even basketball and baseball. Like I've I've been I think I've bandwagon the, the the 2019 Raptors, but I haven't really got into it. But like football, they just... did it for the country though. Come yeah, on, now. exactly. Like, come on, yeah. Like you can't bandwagon a team that's the only team in your country. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, but, football um... just the, the the it's such a spectacle. Spectacle. The game is such a spectacle, and like just the drama involved in it, it being just one game, one game knockout, like that's yeah. something I can definitely go forward with. So I'm gonna try my best. It's gonna be like I'm trying to learn everything about football, but yeah, I'm, I, it's so much fun watching this. Listen, man, everyone starts somewhere, and that's the best part. It's yeah. just like I still remember, like I wasn't that really into football until I was like seven years old. And I started watching the Bears and stuff, and I was just like, oh, I like this player. I like that player. And then I kind of got into it more. And then, you know, yeah. they're saying, you know, you love the sport. And it's just – it's nice to see the sport grow. And, like, it, you always talk about hockey growing, right, and how hard it is for us to grow the sport. The fact that football is a sport where you literally just watched a couple of games over the last couple of weekends, and now you have that feeling for the sport, yeah. that should tell you the levels to this shit when it comes to, like, a meaningful sport and, like you said, the spectacle of it all. Like – Oh my gosh, man. Like, and, and what I was going to say to you when you said like, oh, I'm just getting started watching football. Dude, it's a perfect, it's like a changing of the guard right now. It's like a passing of the torch with yeah. football. Cause all these old greats, Brady, Brady Rogers. all the Manning brothers, mm-hmm. Rogers. Uh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger to an extent, like yeah. all these guys are retiring. Drew Brees, all the great quarterbacks. And now we just have this new era of fresh, like new blood coming in. It is though. Like the AFC alone for the next five years is going to have, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and that's just the name off the top of my head. And potentially Deshaun Watson if he can get his legal stuff sorted. Yeah. It is just a ridiculously talented quarterback group. And that's not even considering the above average and, like, you know, pretty good quarterbacks. That's just the elite. The elite. And it's like you got 
Stafford in the AFC or NFC. It's just, trust me, man, we're going to do a good era of football right now. And it's, and it's great because people thought it was going to be this like offensive upbringing of football, right? Where defenses weren't going to matter anymore and whatnot. All I've seen in the last four weeks is if you got a quarterback that can make the plays when he needs to, and you got a defense that can make the plays that they need to at the right time, you're going to win games. And like we talked about earlier, the Bengals are basically a perfect example of that. I'd argue the San Francisco 49ers are as well. Um, I'd say the Rams are a little more of a big play version of that because they have a, their, their talent pool is just insane. Like when you pick up Odell Beckham Jr. for pennies on the dollar <laughs> – and Odell Beckham Jr. was arguably one of the best receivers to come to the league for five years until he went to Cleveland and was not getting thrown the ball. Um, I should tell you how just it's I, – I, I keep rambling, but it's just like this sport is in such a good That's spot another right thing. Like, wait, we're so hockey-focused, and I know you love football, and just like all these games, like like the Bears aren't really involved, so you don't have to worry about that. Like you just get to see that like all the talent – I get to see all the talent on display and I don't have yeah. to have any sort of emotional weight brought with me. It's amazing. Like, obviously I want to see the bears be great and I like the moves they've made in the off season so far. Like we won't know until they hit the field. I'm not going to be the guy that's like, they, they won hire, the off season. Yeah. Then they <laughs> hire another uh, Ryan and Matt though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone likes that. It's like, that, that's the that running gag funny. right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, it's funny. Like I saw someone make the joke. They were like, they did that because uh, Virginia McCaffrey, He's so old, she doesn't want to make like remember new names. And I was just uh, like, that's funny. <laughs> oh but um, I mean, like you look at what these teams are doing to succeed right now, and I think the Bears have at least a core to get to where these teams are. Like the Bengals might be the perfect example of what the Bears could be, because the Bengals have that talent all over the place. The only difference is their talent comes in like way more offensively than the Bears do. So the Bears need to find a way to they needed like it's not it's they don't grow on trees but you need to find a Jamar Chase like you need to find a Joe Mix like they got their Joe Mix exactly and it's just like like it should tell you how good Jamar Chase was Pierce that he was the number one draft prospect two years before he was even out of the draft at receiver he took the whole 2020 season off for COVID still was the first receiver taken off the board and Every, like, listen, I was one of those people draft night where they picked Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell, who was this big left tackle, who was the best rated tackle in the draft. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work, but I'll eat my fucking words. Jamar Chase has been out of this world good. I'm pretty sure he broke Tory Holt's rookie receiving playoff yards record, which is just absolutely insane because he's got a game to go. So, <laughs> What is the I mean, uh, NFL draft? I got a, I got a, uh, end of April. It. Oh, end of April. Okay. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It's, gotta, we got a while. We got to got mine. I got to brush up on that stuff because I want to see who the new, the even uh, younger oh, yeah. players that are going to be coming in. This, this is a, um, as, as people would like to say, this isn't a deep quarterback draft, which is what everyone likes to consider a draft deep off of. But this is going to be a draft where you're going to see a lot of players that, like, maybe aren't going to be as flashy, but they're going to shine. Like, there's Kevon Thibodeau. There's, um, or Hutchinson in Michigan. There's a couple of really good offensive linemen in the draft. I know there's some really good cornerback and wide receiver talent. Like it's, it's an interesting draft class. Like it's not like, let's say last year or the year before where you have like, okay, you got all these quarterbacks, you got all these receivers, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's a lot. It, it's almost like it's a trenches draft in a way, which is going to be interesting because last time you had a draft like that, it was a lot of hits and misses. So <laughs> I'm curious to see how the scouting's going to go. And, 
can't even blame the scouting right now because scouting during a pandemic has got to be yeah. just the craziest thing, For especially like sport. Like hockey, I feel like it's got to be harder in a way just because they got to go overseas half the time. Yeah, they're but, in like, all of Europe. Like a lot of this is in North America, I would imagine. Yeah. But specifically but, the US. Oh, man. Like they, I remember last year they didn't even have an NFL combine. They just, they were like, okay, if you want to scout a player, you got to go to their pro day. And that just, that changes everything entirely. You know what I mean? You got to, you know, send your scouts out to all these different spots to check out probably like 50 to 60 different players, depending on how many picks you have in the draft. But, um, we're the Bears picking. So we don't have a first round pick this year because of Ooh. fields, but oh, we got okay. a we got a pretty early second. So I would think okay. so personally, I would hope a receiver talent falls in the second round because it's, it's such a deep receiver class. And like some of these talents like tore their ACL this year, or they had something that happened to like drop their stock, even though they're still a ridiculous talent. But um yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like they got they got a second, they got a third, they they don't have their first, but I, I, it's going to be interesting because, like, the big thing when, like, a team gets a new GM is you want to see how their first draft is because that's how – that will let you know kind of – their first draft in free agency will let you know how they want to build this team. So I'm very interested to see what Ryan Poles does because the big wasn't thing he, with Ryan Pace – Wasn't he with uh, Kansas City or am I wrong about mm-hmm. that? Oh, he yeah, was with he was Kansas with, City. Okay. He was with Kansas City for, I think, thir- 12, 13 years, 2009. So – he was there well before Mahomes. He was there when they drafted Kelsey Hill. Uh, they traded for Tyron Matthew, like all that kind of stuff. So, and I, then their coach was, was part of Indianapolis, right? The Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt okay. Eberflus was the defensive coordinator for the Colts, and I like that pickup defensively just because um, he was the guy who made Darius Leonard, who was their linebacker in Indianapolis. He made him like a turnover machine, like the guy. It basically average a turnover a game, which is insane to think about. And I'm just like salivating at the mouth thinking what he's going to do with Roquan Smith. Because Roquan Smith had like 160 tackles this year. He was amazing. So I, I there's there's reasons to have hope. But with the Bears, it's kind of just like you got to wait to see what they're going to do. And then the Rams just scored. That was a beautiful throw. <laughs> who, do, who do you think wins Rams or 49ers? And like who does Cincinnati have a better chance against? Well, Cincinnati – okay, so here's the thing. Like, Cincinnati, if they want a better chance, right, they already lost a nail-biter to San Francisco this year. Like, it was a fantastic game. They were down 14 in the fourth. Basically what they did this game, they were down in the second half, and it was Burrow to chase his hero ball, and they got back in the game, and the 49ers ended up coming out on top in overtime. So that'll be interesting. But I, I think the Rams pull out – I think the Rams just win it all as much as it pains me to say it. They're just, there's going to end up being a talent threshold when the Rams get to that championship. Like if the Rams beat the Niners, which is a big if, first of all, because I think Jimmy Garoppolo six and O against the Niners or something like that, or six and O against the Rams on the Niners in his career. And the Rams have lost to the Niners multiple occasions this year, twice. And now they're playing them a third time. So who knows? And they blew a 17 nothing lead last time to lose in week 18 to get the Niners in the playoffs. So it's like, I, it's a big risk trusting the Rams, but I'm going off with talent at the end of the day. And if I got to trust a D line to get after Burrow, I'm going to trust Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller every day of the week. And I, like, that's nothing against the D line of San Francisco with Nick Bosa and all that. It's just, it, it, it comes down to it comes down to who wants it more and the Bengals could do it you know what I mean like shit they, I didn't think they were gonna win today like I, I picked them but I didn't think they were gonna win that was me like I gotta pick an upset but oh, 
shit. Like it, this, that's the best part about this season, right, Pierce? Because I would like to say the Rams got it in the bag. Like I said, it was Mahomes' ring to lose this morning. I literally said that on Twitter. You could probably look it up. I said it's Mahomes' ring to lose, and guess what? He if lost. they if they go on and win, like if they win that game, they I wouldn't be surprised if they won Super Bowl. Like yeah. I, I again, don't know much about fo- football, but I think once you're kind of in that early stage of learning a sport, you like kind of le- levitate towards the big players. And you're like, oh, they're good. They did like. Yep. They have like that it factor where it's like Tom Brady. You you can know nothing about football, but like, like, like when the game is on the line, he's always going to perform. So that's kind of been the thing with Jackson Mahomes. So I'm thinking they probably have not Jackson Mahomes, no, or Jackson Patrick Mahomes. Buddy. Patrick Mahomes is no. <laughs> no, 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 no. There, there's there's my there's my first mess Jackson up. Jackson <laughs> Mahomes is the podcast name. Oh dear lord. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was but, funny. But there there's me fo- football new, but. <laughs> no, but... It's just funny because Jackson Mahomes is just a fucking goober. And the fact, oh, that, I know, you know I know him, that. the fact that you know him is the yeah. problem. All right. Mm-hmm. Like I want to root for Patrick Mahomes so bad. Like this dude is going to be the Brady of this generation, in my opinion, but Holy shit, man. His brother is something else. And it's not in a good way. Like there's actually be like a swear jar. Like if not just me, but like if anyone else like mixes Patrick Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes up, just put a dollar in the jar. <laughs> honestly it's like the marner jar it's the yeah. Jackson Mahomes jar <laughs> the jackson jar but, uh, oh yeah but um I, I i'm gonna go rams but i my heart okay how about this brain says rams heart says bandits there we go that's that's probably the best that's that's all me right now i know nothing about football so it's like all my heart right now i want the Bengals. <laughs> listen man like, one of my favorite quotes this sunday was uh the starting left tackle for the 49ers trent williams by the way probably ha- first ballot hall of famer left tackle he was with washington for over a, almost a decade i think never made it to his conference championship he's been with san francisco for two years he was the highest graded left tackle in the nfl this year he was incredible He's playing with a grade two high ankle sprain right now. And the person asked them, they were like, oh, so how are you going to play through the pain? He just said a whole lot of heart. And like, I know we always, like, I always bitch about that's, those types of things in the regular season. Yeah. That's a hockey player thing mm-hmm. right there. But like, when it's on that stage, I can understand it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, to relate to hockey, I'm not going to defend if Patrick Kane's got a fucked up wrist and needs to get a no. fix. Not saying he does, but it's like, but in that stage where you haven't made it that far before and you realize the stakes that are at hand. This is like your only time to do it. Might as well, like, fuck it. Like, Pierce, when you look into this sport more, you're going to, like, wait, like, because I've been really – I like to, like, I don't know. With this in hockey, I like to be more of a historian in a way and, like, go look in the past and, like, see what people say about the past years and stuff. And you'll talk to, like, people who have played the game over the years and stuff, and they don't realize how big of an opportunity it is until they retire. And then they're just like, shit, I had one chance at that. And I fucked it up in the conference championship. So it's like, that, like you said, that's the thing with the NFL, though. It's a one-game knockout, man. Mm-hmm. It's a one-game knockout. And it's... That's what it, 16 it's games better than sometimes. Like, regular season of the year, it's not even like you got this long regular yeah. season. Like, it, you're not playing a whole ton of football games like in the nfl it's like you can still have a chance even if you have a couple losses oh what bro i oh man but um you should still have a couple chances but like even in college football if you lose like twice you're done like that's just the way it works that like it, the, like you said the spectacle of the game and just like the the fucking weight of each game and how much each win matters how much each loss matters like you go on a three-game losing streak your season could be in the fucking chitter like look yeah. at indianapolis this year 
Indianapolis was the hottest team second half of the season, but they started the season like two and six. So doesn't matter. Dolphins, one and seven, finished the season, uh, I think, nine and eight or eight and nine. Doesn't matter. Coach still got fired because they started one and seven. Mm. The league is – it's one of the most wild leagues you'll ever see, and that's all I can say. And, like, the money talks. <laughs> the money talks. Oh, about. yeah. The, the biggest <laughs> – I think the biggest thing for me has got to be the money. Like, because, again, like, I can learn all the rules and stuff, but I'm never going to be able to rationalize that, like, the, the difference between, like, what hockey players make and just, like, not even just football but any other sport. Like – like people like like just healthy scratch players like that don't play regularly or like a lot of them make more than like close to what Connor McDavid makes. It's it's crazy and I'm, I don't think that's Nick Foles made more than McDavid of. this year and he never he played one game exactly he played yeah. one game this year and he made more than McDavid. Like this sport has, it, but also you got to remember this is a sport where they cut you at any moment. Mm-hmm. So no insured contracts. Yeah. That, there's no insured contracts, which always is why I never like. As much as I give Kirk Cousins on the Vikings shit for having a fully guaranteed contract, he's the smartest player in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Like, no matter what happens. 84 mil guaranteed fully? What yeah. the frick? Your agent needs to retire on the spot. Like, holy shit. He is, he's a Hall of Fame agent. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Fame agent, if there ever was one. <laughs> the, what did we talk about a couple shows ago? Like, the Mount Rushmore of agents and, like, yeah. Pat Persson and shit? We're going to throw him yeah. out there, too. <laughs> but um... A sports agent, just one per, like, the four big leagues. Like, what, like one is Pat Persson, then the other would be whoever the fuck uh, Kirk Cousins' uh, agent is. I don't know who it is, but... I don't know who it is either. <laughs> you know what I just realized also? This is the craziest thing about the NFL, too. So, like... I don't like in hockey, it kind of shows in a way like coaching trees and stuff. And like, oh, like the, you know, like the assistant coach of so and so goes there. Oh, look at Debo. Debo's my fucking man. Gamecock proud Debo Samuel touchdown. Sorry. A- anyone watching or listening is just going to be like, what the fuck is this dude? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a tie game right now. It's some good stuff in the second quarter. But, um, oh my God. I just lost my train of thought. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. What the fuck was I just, what was I just talking about? See, that's the thing about football. It just, <laughs> oh. like, it captures you. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like with football, it's, like, it brings you in. Or, like, or hockey, like, if you're watching the playoffs, like, it's all-out war. Like, not saying it isn't for football, but, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, more and of hockey, a – hockey oh, – I, I don't know. What I, I, I'm trying to make, like, some kind of comparison with war, but, like, it's, like, well, I don't know. No, you're right in a way. Because with hockey, it's, like, it is a war. It's mm-hmm. – you, you could win the battle, but not the war. Like mm-hmm. – this is like winner go home type shit. This is it, like, it's like game seven every time. Yeah, the NFL is like, like D Day, like like all the yeah. time, like in these big playoff games. Like that's what Omaha I was Omaha Beach, baby. Yeah, they just showed like probably one of the new coaching candidates. He's like losing his mind in the box in excitement because <laughs> he just called like, oh okay, no, I remember what I was going to talk about. I remember what I was going to talk about. Fuck. All right. <laughs> I apologize to our listeners. I have not been the best voice tonight, but no man. You've so been with great, the NFL man. You're, you're coaching, talk more than I ever I could have a football play. <laughs> <laughs> so with the NFL coaching trees are like the biggest thing, right? And it's like because basically you can work your way up through a coaching tree super easily, and the greatest coaches usually train their disciples, is what they like. To, like some people like to call it, but like you know they like to train their like apprentices, is basically what they like to do. And the thing I just realized is the three remaining teams right now, the Bengals, the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, the the Bengals, the Rams, and the Niners all were a part of the Sean McVay coaching tree, which Sean McVay is the head coach of the Rams right now. 
Like all of them were a part of the same coaching tree, which is crazy to think about. So there was a time, I don't, you've probably seen the picture and you didn't really know much of it because it, it floats around Twitter all the time. But um, there's That's a picture right, of Matt yeah. LaFleur, who was the head coach of the Packers, head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay, head coach of the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, all on the same staff like a decade ago. And now they're, and Zach Taylor was on that staff too, who's the head coach of the Bengals. All on that staff, all of them are in the league now as head coaches. All their offenses are top of the line, top of the league. And three of the four are competing for a Super Bowl. And one of them's going to win a Super Bowl at this point. It, it just shows co- – coaching in this league is just so crazy. I just like – NHL, we always talk about the revolving 32 guys or whatever. Yeah. That's not the case in the NFL. That's not the case in the NFL. Like Nathaniel Hackett getting a job at the Broncos as the OC. He was the OC of the Packers last year. Stuff like that doesn't happen. That's like Jeremy Colleton getting a head coaching job. Except this guy is a way more ball like Jeremy coaching, Colleton. Coaching for good Canada. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, by the way, Pierce? Let's, <laughs> let's take a quick side note. It's, it's I'm sorry, friend of the show, Nick Roberts, wants to know how uh, uh, how you what are your thoughts on JC coaching the it's funny team because Canada? it's funny because we I like there's obviously the tweet from Hockey Canada that uh uh, Claude Julian, I believe, like injured his ribs or something during a team yeah, event. So he can't make the trip. I have no idea. Like, he mu- I think I... he slipped on the ice or something. I don't know the full details, but it's funny because everyone's like saying Jeremy Carlton is just this fucking awful coach. And obviously, we had our fair share of criticism on him, but it's not like he's so fucking incompetent that he's gonna like ruin this team and they're not even gonna medal. Like, I still think I don't think Canada's like a favorite or anything, but like, I still I don't think even know who's the favorite in this. I, league. I have no idea. But I just, I just who's gonna have the hottest goalie? There we go. Basically, <laughs> yeah. And uh I, I don't even know can Devin Levi? I think I think Canada Oh yeah, Devin Levi. Hey Drew Camesso on or Team USA. Probably yeah. won't play a game, but mm. um what what was the thing I saw? Was it Jason Damaris was like Owen Power plays like Victor Hedman or something? Oh yeah, and he's and like then, Oh, if uh if he played on Buffalo this year, they'd have like 10 or 50 more points. I'm like, where do you get and that? And then from? everyone's the power's yeah. good, but like, yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna single-handedly this break. is what they did to Dali. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. Oh man, like and also, uh, I wanted to bring up one more thing with uh, or to bring some hockey into the show for five seconds. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the national media is starting to talk about it a little more, but like Igor Shosturkin. Yeah, Jim, I want to talk about that, so we'll do that for him. Um, I think I saw something. He is 9-0 and in his career when facing 40 shots plus. That's He's ridiculous. Insane. How lucky are the Rangers that they get to go from Lungfist to Shosturkin? And Georgiev as a backup. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Bad. It's just the goofiest shit. And their defense is super – like, the fact that Braden Schneider is taking the steps as fast as he has this quick, like, freaking Keandre Miller's been amazing. Yeah, like, it was long for some of play, but they got some young guys. The fact that they can even throw him in on the third pair, like, Ryan Lindgren's have been solid. I, I think he's banged up right now. I'm not 100% sure. But, like, obviously Adam Fox, stud. Like, don't need to even Norris mention that Winner. One. yeah. But, the Rangers defense is crazy. Like they have had such a, such a turnaround over the last three years. And I feel like that's really helped into, and it also helps, like you said, when Igor Sestrukin's rocking like what, like a nine twenty nine right now or something. No, so, it's uh, some pretty, very good. Like, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, you see like, what are the, what, what coaches are the favorite to win the Jack Adams right now? And I think Gerard Gallant is number one. It's like, show me a, show me a hot goalie and I'll sh- like, show me a good coach and I'll show you a hot goalie and then show me a bad coach and I'll show you a bad goalie, you know, like, yep. 
Like the you look at the Rangers' underlying stats, they're not good at all, and a lot of that has to do with they're getting carried like guys, like guys like Kreider, like Zabanajad, Panarin, Fox, and of course Shostakin back there. So top end talent and good goaltending. Hell, that saved the Hawks for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like we like to joke about that all the time in 2017, but that's literally the reason the Hawks got 50 wins one year. So yeah, and like Sorry. people forget 2017-18 Crawford like. I think I had like a 930 save percentage until he got yeah, injured. 927. Had yeah. Had he stayed healthy, like they probably make the playoffs or at least right in the thick of it. Like they weren't a great team yeah. that year, but Crawford was holding them in it. They weren't bad until Crawford got hurt. That's no. for sure. And that was the problem the next year too. Crawford couldn't stay healthy. And then no. like, like imagine if Crawford was healthy that year where Kane and Taves had career years. Yeah. Like, and I guess with all respect to uh, Cam Ward had a better backup than that. Like if they had <sighs> Robin Leonard that year, they make the playoffs. Facts. hundred percent. I agree. Like it, there's just no. Oh yeah. Like, way to make it about the Hawks. Way to make it about the Hawks, baby. <laughs> Always. Every time and twice on Sundays. And guess what? It's Sunday. So yes. it's happening twice. <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> but, um, fun day. Oh man. Speaking of the Hawks, we went to that game on Friday. Well, I wanted to, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about that game. How was that game? Because obviously they lost, but it was kind of like uh like the Bengals, except they didn't win, but like they were pushing, they were pushing, they almost had it. Listen, man, all I asked, like I, I told Jimmy before he went to the game, I wish he was here because if he could defend me on this, I told him I was like, listen, as long as they don't get their ass kicked like five one like they did last time we went against the wild. I'm like, oh, we're good. Yeah. And the second they got to three two, I was like, "Holy shit, they might do it!" And then New Hook scores yeah. like twenty seconds later, right in front of me. And Jimmy's like, "All right, I'm like, no, 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 no." So oh, this is why I wish Jimmy was here. So Jimmy had to leave early to go to work because he had to go to work oh, the next yeah? day. Mm. So he left when it was three to one. He left when it was three to one. I didn't know. And Kane scores right as he's about to walk out of the building, right? And I was like, you got to come back. You got to come back. He's like, all right, I'm coming back. New Hook scores. He's like, the second I got back up to the section, he scored. I'm going home. I was just like, oh, my God, Jimmy, no. I felt so bad. And then, I mean, like, they won off an empty netter, so it's it's whatever. But They had the same amount of goals without the empty net as uh, Colorado did, so. Yep. Or Colorado and it, or whatever. Here's my thing with the Hawks. It's just like play a full 60 and play like that every night and you'll win more than you lose. And that's just the way it is. If they play like they, how they did that game defensively and offensively, because I don't think they played that bad defensively personally. They took a couple bad penalties and that's what led the It's just the thing goals, with but... Colorado is you can't really give them anything because they're going to give them an inch, they'll take a mile. That's how good Colorado <laughs> is. The abs are literally the Hawks from like eight years ago. It's not okay what they do on the ice, but they do it. And that was without McKinnon. So, um, and I they mean, obviously lost the, like they didn't win a single game against them this year, but they played them as well as they could without winning the game. Like they did not play horrible it, against them. Like you didn't see any blowout games. Like I think the worst they lost was by two goals. Literally. And I would say the worst game they played against them was the first game of the season. Yeah. Honestly, the next three times they played them extremely well. And like, honestly, that's your measuring stick. That's your measuring stick. So you know where your team's at. You know what players excel when they play against that team. And you got to remember, they had, they didn't have Taves that game. And I, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it sucks that they've lost these really close games the last couple of weeks because they have been playing very well, I would like to say. At least defensively, I feel like they've been playing a lot better than they have in the last couple of years. And now they're starting to get the puck luck, and I feel like the puck luck might come a little too late, which kind of stinks. But like, what? what or we were talking about it on Friday, though. Like, Dylan Strom has been on an absolute tear. Yeah. I 
I think you like, didn't you that, mention you, we shouldn't trade him? Like, oh yeah, I brought up. I don't think the Blackhawks should trade Dylan Strom unless you're getting your socks blowing off. Like, if you're getting a first round pick, like if you're getting basically the right Harmon trade for Dylan Strom, I don't think you trade him. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. He has been so he has been such a breath of fresh air for the offense because we all know what Dylan Strom can be, right? Like he, he he's pick, been, man. He's been able to score on that. Man, he's scoring on his 2019 point rate now with yeah. 58% face-off wins. Yeah. Like, you can't ask for anything more. Like, we know what he is without the puck, all right? That's fine. If we're being honest, Doc's making up for that because Doc's slowly becoming a shutdown center, and no one's talking about it. Like, under Derrick King, Kirby, goals Kirby and Doc's assists, been as Kirby, as Kirby Doc said, like, goals and assists are the matter. And, I mean, I feel like there's a bigger, like, I think the whole Kirby Doc situation is a thing we can kind of talk about the other time, another time, but we'll do it next. Obviously, year. you don't want your third overall pick to be a shutdown. Like, you want more out of it, like, absolutely, but at least he's, like, excelling at something, you know? Like, the point's got to come soon, right? So it's just, you know, whatever. I, again, that's, a, that's another topic we can talk about at another show, but back to Dylan Strom, the other third overall pick. Um, well, it, it was going to lead into what I was going to say about Strom is that I feel like, if anything, the way Doc's playing right now benefits the lineup more. Because yeah. it allows Strom to play that fully offensive style, which is what he excels at, and allows teams to score more. I, I don't see a problem with the way Doc's playing right now. Obviously, everyone's, like, like you said, third overall pick, blah, blah, blah. He needs to score, like, 70 points this year or some shit because, you know, they did it, like, five years ago. But... <laughs> um, I, I don't mind the way he's playing right now. Like the points aren't really a problem to me, especially if Strom's performing at the rate he is right now, which let's be honest, Strom's been doing this for almost two months now. I'd say that's pretty consistent. Yeah. He's been um, doing this like for the whole month of January. He's been great. He was doing it in December too, bro. Mm-hmm. He was doing it right before they had that big uh, break because of uh, COVID. Yeah. So I, 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 you know me, I love seeing, like, I was the guy advocating for Strom in the offseason saying that they shouldn't trade him because I still think he could be a piece on this team. And I, I, it's just nice to see him finally get some puck luck. Yeah. And he, you know, one thing he's doing right now that I appreciate so much, he's going to the front of the net on the power play. Yeah, you see that, and, that on that, I think it was the first King goal. Like, he was battling in the quarters. Like, you, you kind of, like, again, he's not a perfect player, but you can see parts to his game where he's, like, becoming a lot more complete and playing off the puck. So much, like, he, it's almost like we've watched him become more polished. And he's still not even that polished, because you ask anyone that watches him, and they'll be like, oh, he doesn't do anything off the puck. But, shit, man, yeah, he's not perfect, stick, he does it. Like, yeah, he's, he's all definitely that matters. 100%. And I, ho- I, I hope he can keep it up, man. I really do. Because I do, too. I just want like to succeed, whether it's here or not. Like, I I just remember, like, I was so happy a couple years ago when they got him. because I was Me, like, too. I was like, I was like. If Cat could be cornerstones, it'd be awesome. He still can't be. Like, yeah. let's just let him. Like, shit. Like, I know we talked about it with Hagel, too. It's like, unless After the offer Hagel, Stroman, Kane, like, they've been great. Such a fun line to watch, man. Like, oh my gosh. And I know we were talking about football earlier. When Walter Payton's son's tweeting about Kane and Hagel always makes a smile on my face. Like <laughs> <laughs> that did put a smile on my face. Oh man, it's just so great. I don't know, man. Like you we know where the, our thoughts are on the Hawks. We can't really say they can do anything until they get a GM. But um shit, at least they give a shit right now. Like that wasn't probably the best way to word it, but at least they care. At least yeah. they're trying. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like the 
rolling over and dying every night like they were in October, which, and you could, it, God bless Mark andre Fleury, man. God bless him. No, we he don't is, deserve him. We do not deserve him. He is trying his freaking butt off right now for yeah. this team. It's, it's, God, I, I hope they do whatever makes him happy. Like we always talk about, I'm not trying to force a trade, but. No. Mark andre Fleury. Yeah, like Mark Andre Fleury, you do anything to please him. Like if he wants to get traded, you trade him. If he wants to stay, like you you let him stay. He's earned that right. If they could get that extension on him just to get a stock gap in this organization. It'd be nice to, if they like made a decision on him, like whether it's trading him or like before the trade deadline or getting into a contract extension. Like if you can sign him for one to two years, that'd be cool. Like maybe a five million or whatever. Because yeah, you still have like you're hoping Comesso and Soderblom are gonna be good, which by the way, I saw that Soderblom had a shutout last night in the AHL. So like it's very promising seeing what Soderblom and Comesso are doing. Like, I don't know if they're gonna be elite goalies, but those are like potentially a one a one b scenario yeah they're options it's something yeah it, i agree man like it's it's nice to see like we we talked about like oh they got guys in the pipeline and whatever but if you have that stock gap it makes the pipeline you don't have to rush the pipeline as much no. and maybe you don't end up in a carter hart like situation yeah where the guy gets rushed like, still believe he was rushed way too early and it's showing yeah. every time because he, it's like doc it's just confidence man you can't yeah. kill a young player's confidence like that cole caulfield this is probably the biggest example right now <laughs> holy shit talk about ruining a kid's confidence oh my gosh it, even look at the defense like say what you will about the seth jones contract and like connor murphy's there jake mccabe but like that at least like lets like lets these guys like Bowden and Mitchell like like play in Rockford for maybe a couple of years instead of rushing them into things. And I I still think yeah. that Mitchell was rushed last year and same with Bowden, but just let them sit down there. Like you still have like J- J- Jacob Galvis has been great too. Like that's another guy. You, I like, like Regula and Phillips. Like those are good pieces too. You still got Alex Vlasic in college coming up the system. Like they got options coming up defense. You just. I, I like the idea. Patience is the key. And I'm glad Kyle Davidson is taking that approach with the yeah. prospects, especially with like the top end ones. Yeah. It's like, not that they have much of it, but like, again, like they have. <laughs> yeah. All one have, of them. <laughs> it's not like they have, like, they have plenty of those bottom pairing guys. It's just a matter of can you get these high end guys that are going to play? Like, forwards, you have plenty like defensemen again like you list off all those guys like those could be guys that potentially thir- play on your third pair in hell maybe a guy like becomes better than you thought he would and can play on a second pair but forwards like you just have a bunch of these bottom six guys that i don't think are going to pan out to be much and really lucas reichel is the only guy so that's again that's your main focus is getting that choir and that high-end talent and one guy I want to talk about is uh, Sam Lafferty. Like low key, I think he's been a good addition. Like I think when we made that, when we when that trade was made, we're kind of like, uh, who who's Sam Lafferty? That's kind of like another bottom six guy. But I like I like I like the speed, the energy he's brought. Like he got a goal against Detroit. I don't think he's gonna ever put up a bunch of offense, but like he's been driving play and he hasn't looked looked too much out of place in the like playing with guys like Taves and Debrinkin and all that. So. I don't know, like, uh, not, like, mind-blowing, but I just feel like he, like, Sam Lafferty has, like, pretty much played his part. Like, he's done his role. And that, that's not a bad piece for Nylander, who I don't think he would have gotten a bunch for anyway. Oh, 100%. I was going to say, like, Sam Lafferty's the type of guy I want on this fourth line when the team's good. Like, yeah. That, that's the kind of player you want on this team when they're good. Like, he He's, like you said, like, speed is so noticeable with him. 
He, he goes to the corners. He does all the hard assignments. He's been very good on the penalty kill also. Takes face-offs when he needs to. I mean, shoot, that, that's the kind of player the Hawks need right now with the type of players that they have and the type of skill sets a lot of these players have. A guy like Lafferty is basically like Carpenter but faster. And that can that can make a difference some nights. Man, and, your fourth line going forward, if it's Kara, Kara uh, Lafferty, and, and Whistle, like that's all right. And especially when you look line. at the – when you look at the cap hits, like Kyra makes under a million, Edgy and Twistle is going to, I think, That's his extension kicks in like only $800,000. And I don't think your Lafferty is going to make more any more than like a little over a million dollars because I'm pretty sure he's an RFA at the end of this or UFA. But either way, it's not going to be hard to resign him and get him a low value. But, and that kind of goes back to Dylan Strom. Like you do have a bunch of these bottom six guys like that are going to be coming through your pipeline. Why don't you keep someone like Dylan Strom who has that high of offense and who thinks the game the way he does and is able to play with all these skilled players. So like we have a bunch of guys in the system right now that can be like, like I feel like Stan Bowen was kind of looked like not to bring him up, but like the way he was looking at prospects back in the day was like, he was trying to find more Brandon Hayes in a way. And if we could fill the bottom six wingers with that to put around guys like Strom and doc, who are these good possession players at the puck and docks better defensively and stuff like i see a world where like evan barrett makes this team at some point and he just excels because he plays the way that this team needs him to play and that's what it's going to come down to because i feel like obviously not for like five years down the line but i feel like we can't even look five years down the line with this team right now like this is definitely a year by five year years will be 2027 20, that is not a real year Holy guys still under contract with Seth Jones at that point. Like, we don't know what the fuck's coming in five years. Five years ago at this time, the Blackhawks just traded Canary. So, shit. Who knows? Like, so you can, only, you can only look so far ahead. But, I mean, let's put it this way. The new GM's going to have some decisions to make. And if it is Kyle Davidson, he's going to have some. I think it's going to be Kyle Davidson. Like, how is it not? Like, I think I talked with this with with Jimmy the last podcast when you weren't here. Like, you let him fire the coach, which I still think, like, obviously the ownership had something to do with it. But, like, you let him fire the coach. You let him make these three trades I think he's made. Not that there are any huge trades, but you're just going to do that. And then, like, with, like, less than, like, they said they want to name one by the tree. So what you're going to do is you're going to let this guy who probably has the best pulse on the team anyone and just let kind of let a random guy to nowhere be like, okay, here's the keys. Here's a week left. Now you got to treat all these guys. You know, like, I I just, I I really, that's why I think Kyle Davidson makes the most logical sense. At least from that standpoint. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. I agree. I just, I, I can't see a world where, unless someone rocks their socks off, like, if somehow like Matthew Darsh, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Like, if you're getting, if you're getting like one of these just super highly touted AGMs that you can't miss on, like, okay, yeah, maybe do that. But like, also, you gotta make the hiring like, like at least a few weeks before the trade deadline, like before the beginning of the March. You still got another month. Well, they said they were too, which is nice. Like yeah. they made that commitment at least, mm-hmm. which like is more than Bowman would have done in the last couple of years. Just put it that way. Bowman would have not made a commitment until about, all right. So the trade deadlines, what March 21st this year, around mm-hmm. March 10th, he would have made his decision. Yeah. So um, I like the approach they're taking. Let's just put it that way. This is, this is better patient. Like we, like we just said earlier, patience is the way to go with this team. Just let it ride. Let it ride, baby. Mm-hmm. Let it ride. I remember and if it rides bad, then you know where to go. 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember earlier you were like uh talking about the the Chicago like the Bears new GM like a, a lot of like how you're gonna judge him on is the draft he does in free agency and now looking at kind of linking that to Kyle Davidson a lot, how we're gonna judge him is gonna be this trade deadline maybe not so much the drafts and free agency but specifically the trade deadline because that's the one thing that's the closest GM it's more big picture I feel like it's harder to judge them than it would have been to judge like someone like Derek King so right now where we kind of have a better idea because you're seeing all these games being played but as a GM it's obviously bigger picture things and you don't make a trade every day like you play it make play a game like every couple days or so so that's I think when you have all these UFAs like Marc-Andre Fleury if he even wants to be traded Calvin DeHaan Ryan Carpenter like Dominic Kubelik uh, Dylan Strom if they if again if you get the offer for it like those are you could really get some good draft picks back and decent prospects even if it's not like a first round pick or like an elite prospect so yeah um it's still it still feels like forever until the trade like, like it's still like a month and a half away <laughs> it's still got two months basically like, like i think the blackhawks still have like 20 games to play before the trade deadline like, it's so not... many man like you know how much can change in 20 games like, yeah for all we know king can do what he did a couple years ago and have 40 points in 20 games hey, he, he, almost... he, he has done that before it's like he almost willed the hawks to the win like that night against colorado like that I was like, I was joking with Jimmy. I was like, I need Kane to like actually play like Kane. And that's Patrick Kane I grew up with. That's the Kane that's just like, fuck it, I'm going to win the game on my own. Which is what that line tried to do. Like you mm-hmm. said, like they, that was, it was only the Dylan Strom line that was rocking on yeah. Friday night. But um, yeah, I, that's like why it, said, it would be just, nice to see Kirby Duckett going. Like he's, it's, he's 21, man. Like it's so hard to, to like, cause, Obviously, I don't think he's going to be this point per game player, Art Ross winner. Like, but you've seen teams like St. Louis win with a center like Ryan O'Reilly. Like, I think Kirby Dak could be that player where maybe, okay, he doesn't get a Hart trophy or an Art Ross, but like, this is a guy who can put up 60, 70 points and still play shutdown defense. And like, Patrice Bergeron as well, you know? My, my ceiling isn't even that high for Doc. And that's the, and that's nothing against, that's nothing against him. Let me just put that for starters. What I want from Doc personally, be be hard defense right now, which has been pretty stellar, and put up like fifty points. That's all I want. That's what Jonathan Taves like did. Well, like sixty points, fifteen like goals, thirty five yeah. assists, something like that. Like if ten goals, like it doesn't matter how many. Like just a little bit of points, play good defense. It'll go way farther than you playing. Like I don't think people realize the difference between someone who plays fifty points and plays very good defense between someone who maybe has like maybe a Mark Shifley that has like 80 points, but it's See, centers is more about getting some end. Yeah. It's, it's way more. And if you really want to make it about points, then if I'm being honest, put them on the wing with uh, tapes and cat. If you, if you, if it's really about points, put them with the best skilled players and just rock it for 15 games. And see what happens. Cause yeah, like, like eventually Doc could be a winger who knows, but yeah, those face offs aren't good at all. Like he's got to work on that. He needs to go to the Dylan Strom school of improving. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. Oh, one last thing before we uh, end it off. Uh, I just, the Rams honestly... or the not the Rams. I was just say the Niners just took a 10-7 lead into the half. That's all. I oh, have to I say. see. Okay. <laughs> um, Team Canada, the Canadian soccer team, uh, beat the U.S. today two nothing, and I think if they win one more game, like they're onto their first uh, FIFA World Cup since like the eighties or something. Like it's crazy. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, That's I to be like, like, Canada better, but like, I just, I think it's so cool. Oh, Canada... dude. It, 
I saw the stat. It was like their what was it? Their first win in a qualifying round against the U.S. since like the nineties. Like holy shit! Oh no, I think right? it was 19, that's a huge. It was nineteen eighty. Like I remember. Oh, I thought it was ninety. Shit. No, that's even better. My bad. That, well, worse, but no, it's it's it's. Well, yeah, it's you know broken. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, but. listen, like like I text I texted my buddy today because I put a bet on the Rams and he was like, you know, he's like, oh, it's six against Jimmy G. I was like, listen, win streaks are made to be broken. That is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> like. And no, like, it shows a Canada. So. Yeah, but Canada, it's always like the big thing. Oh, you're good at hockey and not really much else. So it's it's nice to see like the men's soccer, even if they don't become a juggernaut, like a lot of these European countries and all that. But like the the Canadian women's soccer team won gold at the Olympics this year. Like it's it's, it's just nice to see them even be there. You know. At the end of the day, it's representation, man. Exactly. It's that's all like, about representation. That's the hugest thing. Like, I think it's the same thing in hockey. Like, think a country like Denmark or, like, Austria. Like, you have, like, a couple of NHL. Yeah, Latvia, that's a good example, too, who almost freaking beat Canada in 2014. The I fact think. that Latvia can vote Zemkis Gergensen into yeah. the All-Star <laughs> game single-handedly should tell you how powerful Latvia is if you fucking hit the market right. Which is why I, like, not to bring it to a different topic, but this is, I feel like, why we harp so hard or we harp so much on the NHL needed to go to these olympics but mm-hmm. obviously there's out of um, control circumstances that stop that or else i feel like they would have went but they can even yeah. still do that like obviously the like they didn't go to the olympics in 2018 but look at germany like do they make do they have that run that they did with like the nhl players going to the olympics like that's true that was the world's uh birth to Kirill kaprizov yeah like, <laughs> casuals first viewing of kaprizov for the first time and look what that look and four years later look how that turned out he's only like what top five in scoring i don't know <laughs> he's not making ryan hartman an elite first line set <laughs> yeah totally not right like totally not carrying his linemates and making matt zuccarello like he's playing for game two it's ridiculous yeah um the wild are goofy <laughs> Yeah, but it's the it's the thing we always bring up, like representation matters. It's like if you can see it, then you can be, you know. So again, Canada may never be this like juggernaut so- soccer country, but you know, it's not, again, it's nice to even just see them there, you know. Hundred percent, man. It's, Anyways, it's such a feel good moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, 100%. Again, I don't know if you have anything else to add, or we can uh, end it off. Here. I think that's a really good spot to end it off on. Yeah, exactly. So Joe Shiesty in Canada winning the day. <laughs> Woo! All right. So thank you all for tuning in and uh, go Bengals. Woo! Go Bengals. <laughs> <laughs>